0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe, and today we're going to look at a case study in short-term rentals. But first, a thank you to our sponsor. International Coffee Farms sells revenue-generating half-acre parcels that grow and sell specialty coffee. Check them out at internationalcoffeefarms.com. That's internationalcoffeefarms.com. We are back talking about short-term rentals. We've talked in the past about how you need to pay close attention to what's happening in the market from a regulatory point of view. Changes in regulations can dramatically impact your investment, particularly if you've made a long-term investment, maybe a 25-year mortgage, on the assumption that the current market conditions are going to continue for the long term. We've seen many cities cave to the hotel lobby and outlaw short-term rentals altogether. New York City is perhaps the most notable example whereby you're permitted to rent a single room in a dwelling that you occupy, but not an entire apartment. In fact, many cities have adopted that. Nashville, Tennessee has adopted a similar type of structure. Those who are found to be in violation are deemed to be running an illegal hotel. In cities like New York, where hotels are very expensive, it gave rise to situations where tenants would rent a rent-controlled apartment at a very low rate, far below market rate, and then in turn put that market into a short-term rental market without the knowledge of the landlord. Tenant would make a large sum of money on the arbitrage between the nightly rate and the rent that they were paying to the unsuspecting landlord on a monthly basis. The problem in New York City is that the vacancy rate, in particular in Manhattan, has been incredibly low for a long, long time, talking below 1%. The city doesn't want housing stock removed from the market and entering the short-term rental market robbing the city of hotel tax. That's why they took action. Note that in many jurisdictions, there are laws that make it illegal to sublet a residential unit for more than the rent that you're paying your landlord. Some cities like Ottawa, Canada, which is where I live, they've recently instituted a short-term rental tax. In my city, that tax is 4%, and platforms like Airbnb have elected to collect and remit the tax on behalf of the property owners. This lowers the bureaucratic barrier for homeowners who don't want to take on the extra administrative burden. In the case of Ottawa, the tax replaced a voluntary 3% levy that about half of the city's lodgings had been charging visitors for the last several years. Now, once a city has made it clear how they plan to treat short-term rentals, the risk to your business is significantly reduced. You've got a clear signal for how the city's going to treat your short-term rental business. They may want to collect a little tax, but basically they're going to allow you to operate your business. The only thing that could dramatically change that is if too much rental housing is removed from the residential rental market in favor of more lucrative short-term rentals to the detriment of local residents. At that point, the city might consider more dramatic actions like they've taken in New York City and other highly constrained cities. Okay, so now you've established that the city's not going to outlaw your business. The next thing you want to do is take a look at the economic market fundamentals and make sure that your investment makes sense. Now in this case, the tax can actually be beneficial to you by providing you with some very valuable market information. Cities make their tax revenue information a matter of public record. For example, the tax would have brought about $850,000 to the city of Ottawa if it had been enacted last year. They conducted a study and then they published the results. So if the tax represents 4% of the gross revenue, we can quickly calculate the annual short-term revenue across the city at $21.5 million, or the equivalent of about $114 per visitor. And the reason we know that is because the city hosted 11 million visitors in 2017 and 185,000 guests stayed in short-term rentals. So we know simply by dividing that $21.5 million by 185,000 guests that on average it was $114 per visitor. Now that represents about 1.7% of the overall market. If there were 11 million visitors and 185,000 stayed in short-term rentals, that's 1.7% of the market. Now the city has 3000 active listings representing about 1.1 million nights of capacity. Based on that, I would conclude that there is far more capacity than was consumed last year. And last year was a bumper year for visitors to the Ottawa market. I would say there is a glut of properties on the market adding new capacity should only be done if the property is really well differentiated in the market and you're not competing with lots of other properties and this actually makes sense we can see this in falling nightly rates i can tell you from my own personal experience that my apartments in ottawa would collect a monthly long-term all-inclusive rent of about eighteen hundred dollars a month that comes to sixty dollars per night rental rates on airbnb in the downtown core have fallen with increased competition And those same units have attracted about $60 a night in the short-term rental market. The conclusion I draw from that is that I'm far better off getting long-term clients. There's no reason to be accepting nightly clients at $60 a a night when I can get $60 a night for the long-term. The only reason to accept short-term clients at that price point is perhaps as a gap filler to gain revenue between long-term leases and when you have a period of short-term vacancy. There's much more work involved in managing guests coming and going every few days compared with a tenant staying for six months or more and paying what amounts to the same market rent. I certainly wouldn't go out and buy a property with the hopes of striking it rich in the short term market. Increased competition has created a fall in market rates to the point where everyone in the market is experiencing a tolerable level of pain, but nobody's really making any money. That's the classic race to the bottom that occurs when a market matures. So you can see that in less than five minutes, we're able to analyze market conditions with a little bit of publicly available data, and you can do a similar analysis in your home city. In the meantime, as you're looking at this, have an awesome day. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.